Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Whole Life Later. I know it's been a while since you've heard from us, so I'm super excited to bring you this episode. Today, I have a really awesome guest joining me, somebody from the Wrongful Convictions Collective, who is not only a personal friend of mine, but one of the most genuine humans I've ever met, who I love and adore with all my heart, and who knows a thing or two about Darlie. So, I really hope you enjoy this interview as much as I loved talking to her. Thank you. Hi, Mikkel. Hello. How's it going? (laughs) How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. How are you? Oh, <laughs> really good. Yeah. Good. I'm yeah. Glad. So let's start off with like, you know, how did you, what drew you in about Darlie's case? Absolutely. So I want to say maybe about two, three years ago now, I I took a class uh, with Kylie, actually. It was a woman in crime class and we had to do a presentation on just basically a woman who was convicted and we had a bunch of options to choose from and i remember my prof saying just a side note about about darlie she was like i think this case is really interesting because i don't think she's guilty and that just piqued my interest so of course i did my presentation on darlie and then i it just basically spiraled i went down this rabbit hole and i was like this woman is innocent so started with the course and then it just grew (laughs) i love that yeah (laughs) So you've brought us some more information as our like resident Darley expert. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Alrighty. So I know you did a great job talking about the case earlier and everything. So yeah, I'm just here to talk about how like I know a lot of the things they focused on on the case were like forensic evidence based and stuff like that. And I know that one of like the largest websites talking about Darley's guilt, they literally state that like Forensic evidence proved Darley murdered her sons. The rest was just icing on the cake. But it's like, there are a ton of issues with people being wrongfully convicted through the poor use and misapplication of forensics. Like, it is so bad. Like, forensic science, when used properly, can do awesome things. But the thing is, is it's so subjective. Like, 52% of the Innocence Project cases were all convicted based on uh, wrong fully applied forensic science yeah. and then 24 percent of all wrongful conditions na- nationally were also because of um false or misleading forensic testimony why can't i speak english forensic testimonies this is so hard oh, good. you're doing great yeah so, i think that's something too that we don't factor in because we like us having criminology backgrounds 
yeah know stuff about forensics but the general population don't understand how forensic science is an always changing science there's always new science coming and replacing the old science so not everything is always going to be valid like it was absolutely absolutely it's constantly changing and evolving and things are debunked like super soon after they just come out because it is such an evolving like um area and just like those are super scary stats like the innocence project is like one of the leading organizations exonerating people today and more than half of all the wrongful conviction cases they've like fixed essentially were due to faulty forensic evidence and yet we take this evidence known to be faulty and rely on it in Darlie's case with like our hearts and souls like the forensic evidence solidified she murdered her sons but it's like yeah did it so why don't we get into your next point though yeah, yeah why don't we talk about the how damning the forensic evidence was because after all my research it really is not damning at all gone, gone. so first things first the man who um actually uh testified he was the prosecution's um blood pattern analysis so the prosecution called him up and his name is tom bevel and he supplied all the blood um blood splatter and all the blood pattern analyses that were used in court and the blood, the blood patterns, like on the knife, on the towels, on the walls, on Darlie's nightshirt, that was all harped on a whole bunch in the case. And all that evidence was provided by Tom Bevel, right? But get this, Tom Bevel, he also testified the blood evidence at these two men, Ron Williamson and Dennis Fritz trial back in 1988. And the evidence he provided then uh, contributed to their wrongful conviction. Both those men were wrongfully convicted in a case where Tom Bevel, the same man who supplies Darley's blood spatter evidence, supplied evidence. So it's just a little suspicious that these men who Tom Bevel was in their case spent 11 years in prison for a crime they didn't commit. But like um, in Darley's case, Bevel's testimony is solid. We trust it. It is foolproof when... He has been proven to have made a mistake in another case, right? It's just silly. And not even just those two. There is a list of other people who have been wrongfully convicted because of blood evidence from Tom Bevel. And that only makes it so much worse. Like, this should make just that. Like, there are numerous wrongful convictions Tom Bevel has been a part of. And that should make you question any and all of the blood evidence provided by the prosecution in Darley's case, right? And I just feel like people are just letting that letting that go. And I'm like, this is a big point we need to focus on. Like, the man who provided the evidence for her case has been in wrongful conviction cases before. Numerous. Uh, and then, not to add that, like, um, pattern analysis forensic science is... Forensic science itself is subjective. Pattern analysis, which is the blood pattern matching and stuff, that is also very subjective too. Like you're just, you basically, you're matching patterns, right? It's a person looking at two patterns and then deciding, okay, these patterns match or these patterns don't match. And it's like the person analyzing the two patterns in this case has already been proven to have been part of a previous wrongful conviction. So why do we believe this with our heart and soul? it's nuts <laughs> definitely insane um 
but yeah so a lot of that blood evidence was used to kind of, like used to make darley look really guilty and kind of push everyone away from the thought of the intruder right which is what barley and darren have been claiming since the very beginning that there was always an intruder right yes. so i think maybe i'd like to next talk about how everybody is like there's no intruder there was no way when there is so much evidence that there was an intruder okay okay <laughs> like i could go on forever oh okay so I know earlier, like, you mentioned the three fingerprints and the boot prints found in the house. I just kind of want to talk about those in more detail because people against Darley are constantly claiming there was no intruder. But these, like, there's these unaccounted for pieces of evidence that the prosecution just didn't pay attention to because it poked holes in their case, right? So we'll talk about those. So, like, the three fingerprints found, there was one on their coffee table and two two on the utility room door um so darley has been darley darren devin damon all of the family and drake who was an infant at the time so he didn't need to be excluded all of them have been excluded as being the source of those three fingerprints they've all been excluded at least three different forensic scientists have excluded darley's print specifically from these three yeah, so that's oh. pretty pretty conclusive. But. Yeah, because as I'm saying, forensic science is subjective, but there we go. We have three sources coming to a consensus that they are not her fingerprints. So, and it's just very interesting. So who, where did these fingerprints come from? If they're not, they were also proven not to be um, any of the law enforcement or medical personnel's fingerprints either. So... They were not the families. They were not any of the law enforcement officials there. So, like, whose fingerprints were they? Whose were they? And then, to make it even more interesting, um, there are two fingerprints on the utility room door. Yeah. The intruder escaped. Darley has said this since day one. The intruder escaped through the utility room door. So it makes sense that there's two fingerprints on there because that was the route the intruder took into the house and out of the house. So there's these unidentified fingerprints on the intruder's route into and out of the house. And none of them are Darley's or the rest of the families or any of the officials. But we're just not going to talk about that. And how do you, in the midst of like faking a crime scene, as people have claimed Darley has done, uh-huh. where do you get two fake fingerprints from? Like absolutely good question yeah because not only are they not her fingerprints she would have had to if she staged the crime as the prosecution says she would have essentially had to pull two random fingerprints out of thin air to well three i guess yeah you can you can't do that it's no not possible and the timeline things there are so many things wrong with the timeline and that's one of them and we'll talk more later to the timeline of this the prosecution's timeline of the nights of the murders yeah. it's just insane and there's so many holes in it like it's crazy um so yeah so we know the fingerprints they're not from darley so we're talking prints right so we'll move on we'll talk about the shoe prints too um there were shoe prints all over the house you mentioned that earlier um so i just want to say people against darley they always talk about how when she was staging the scene she broke a wine glass and she was barefoot and she must have been staging it because who would walk around barefoot with broken glass everywhere right okay 
Thank you, my friends. We have just proved that Darlie was, for a fact, barefooted. She was absolutely barefooted. You know who else was barefooted? Darren. And the kids were incapacitated. So whose footprints were those? Whose shoe, not footprints, sorry, shoe prints, boat prints. The two parents are bare feet. And this is even corroborated by the people who think Darlie is guilty. They're also saying she is barefooted. So where did these shoe prints come from? Whose are they? This whole, like, she broke a wine glass, but, like, and she wouldn't walk around if barefoot if there was a broken glass everywhere. Like, yeah, she could have easily fallen asleep with that wine glass in her hand. Absolutely. And she's walking around barefoot because she has no freaking clue it broke. Yep. Panicking because she just woke up to somebody trying to kill her. Her boys are bleeding out. Like, yeah. The last thing you're thinking about is, oh, better put my shoes on to avoid this broken glass. So, and the wine glass is in your house. Yeah, it's just silly. It feels like a lot of people, um, just, I don't know, a lot of people grasp at straws. And I'm like, "Uh, can we make a whole case off that, though? (laughs) But, um, yeah, so um, the only bad thing about the shoe prints, though, which is so silly, I don't know why the defense didn't do this. The defense mentioned it briefly, but I guess they focused their resources elsewhere. But the defense should have, like, tested all the shoe prints. Like, they kind of shot... Darlie's defense kind of shot her in the foot because they talk about the shoe prints, but they also didn't test to make sure that the shoe prints didn't belong to any of, like, the medical personnel or anything. So also, Darlie's defense wasn't very helpful there either, which also doesn't help her case. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, now that we've kind of talked about like how the forensics, a lot of the case is based on forensics and forensics is not always the most reliable thing and how we clarified the intruder, like there was most likely an intruder with all this unknown evidence coming out of nowhere. Like it obviously came from a source and the intruder. Um, We can kind of move on to more like the murder weapons and like Darlie injuring herself because I know a lot of people like, the knife, the murder weapon, people are really focused on the fact that, like, Darlie was excessively worried, like, asking everyone, oh, like, I'm, I messed up the fingerprints on the knife, I messed up, they always talk about how she's talking about her fingerprints on the knife, and she's worried about that because she doesn't want to be charged with the murder, right? Yeah. But, Kate, so, the knife, the knife came from the house's kitchen, right? It came from the family's kitchen. So, of course Darlie's fingerprints were going to be on the knife, right? Like, so if she's this criminal staging mastermind, don't you think she would have realized her fingerprints would have already been on the knife and just not said anything or cleaned them off, right? If if she's a criminal mastermind and, like, had... Clearly she has a bit of forensic awareness here because she's, a, like, worried she's gotten rid of the actual yeah. murderer's fingerprints. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if she was staging this, she would have cleaned that. That's quite frankly, like anyone with forensic and knowledge, you know, you you clean your fingerprints. Like, if you've watched Law and Order, that's the first thing that people do. Or CSI, they wipe it off, right? Like even very poor examples of yeah. forensics and like the justice system knows <laughs> you wipe the prints off, right? So, and it's just interesting because the dispatcher too, he said don't touch anything and this is the first time Darlie mentions the knife she says oh no I touched the knife and she starts worrying that she messed it up 
Yeah. That's a pretty natural response. Like, if 100%. someone in my house was hurt and I had picked up a knife and the dispatcher then proceeds to say to me, well, you better not pick anything up. As an honest person, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just picked yeah. this up. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, obviously her fingerprints are going to be on it. What she was excessively worried about is that she messed up the possibility for the police to get the intruder's fingerprints. She knew her fingerprints were on it. It was her knife in her kitchen, right? And at that point, she's probably literally her only worry is like she wants the police to catch these guys because she likely yes. just lost both her sons. Like, And it's so sad. We take this woman who is like, vehemently like screaming at police you know like i I'm, i messed up the fingerprints on this but still try everything you can to find my kids right and yet that that becomes oh well it was you darlie like no she's just worried that she messed up the only thing the only solid evidence you had to find the man or man or woman who murdered her kids right so um yeah it's just silly and then about the murder weapons oh dear there's a whole there okay. okay the murder weapon the knife that was found the knife from the family home that was used to kill damon because darley was only convicted of damon's murder um that knife only had darley and damon's blood on it yes. so um the next thing i'm about to say is like pretty graphic description about a kid so like skip like five seconds if you don't want to hear this yes. but um Devin was stabbed with so much force that the knife almost went through his entire body. So, if this knife, he was stabbed. We know he was stabbed. He was stabbed, like, we know, right? Yeah. Um, why is none of his blood on the murder weapon? Like, where is the second murder weapon? Because the one murder weapon they found only has Damon and Darley's blood on it. We know Devin was stabbed. Because we know how bad it was. Yeah. Where is the weapon that killed Devin? Where is the second murder weapon? Hmm. Like, isn't that a good question? Like, so, um, it's like, in Darley's short time to supposedly stage the crime, where would she have put this second knife? And where would she have hid it so well that till this day, after all the investigations of her Rowlett, Texas home, that weapon has still never been found? like Devin was stabbed with a completely different weapon and nobody knows where that weapon is it's never been found yeah and to me that seems pretty likely that there was maybe an intruder who fled the scene and took the weapon with them oh 100 percent. because darley went straight to the hospital right if we're so where did she did she drop the weapon did she hide it in the police car on the way to the hospital did she leave it in the hospital like no they would have found it right so where's that second murder weapon that's just i would like to hear the prosecution's answer for that because <laughs> they claim she killed both her kids but you only like you can't prove you can barely uh, i don't know it's just so frustrating because it's like you can prove one with horrible circumstantial evidence and then you can't even get close to proving the other one you know what i mean i think it's also interesting too because like within forensics we talk about like like blood when it gets mixed together too it's very hard to tell like um get dna from it when it's mixed together so how are they getting both darley and damon's blood from the same knife if it's like a mixture i don't know is it coming from tom devil because i don't really trust that (laughs) there's it's not adding up here either way like 
it's there's a lot of whole it's an entire plot hole in the prosecution story like percent darley murdered both her kids but there's no proof we know how devon died but there's no proof of anyone yeah just yeah no it, that's the math ain't math and no the math ain't math and for sure you got that right anyways so that just for me the second murder weapon is like feels like a really strong cue that there was an intruder there because again ellie went right to the hospital after the police were with her the whole time the paramedics were with her the, they would have seen the second murder weapon and we'll get to this later if the prosecution story is right darley would have had to run out of the house at some point in the night before the police got there she could have dropped the weapon then and she didn't so where is that weapon uh, and when we talk about that they do find evidence that she allegedly dropped yeah like if she had dropped the knife they would have found that too because exactly they were looking yeah and there is no knife anywhere no no nothing like there's the one that stabbed damon but what what about devin and people are like well she was only convicted for damon's murder yes but that's literally they claimed she murdered both of them and they're claiming the same story for both the kids right so like when did the second murder weapon go missing the thing with that too is they only felt that they could prove damon's murder because they felt they had the quote-unquote evidence for that. That's why they only went forward with the charges of Damon's murder. So that's interesting. That was the one they felt was going to secure the conviction the best. Because and that was also the only one that had a murder weapon. And the one they don't convict Darley of, they don't even try to convict her of, is Devin because they don't even have a murder weapon. So there literally wasn't enough evidence to you know prove her guilt on that one so they did yes yeah and then yeah there's just a lot of weird things with this and then there was like tom bevel did a demonstration in court with the knife too where he like drops it and stuff to like show the jury how darley would have dropped the knife and again that's that's great and stuff well it's not great that's really unscientific he just he dropped it from his waist it's really unscientific you can find a whole bunch of that online Another thing, too, though, is, like, that, sure, whatever, the knife bounced. Yeah. Great. Where's the other weapon? Like, that's the question. I don't care about how this one bounced and moved and, like, where is the other one? That is my main question. For some reason, that sounds, like, really funny to me, like, just <laughs> standing in the middle of the courtroom, like, dropping this knife, like, yes. this is how she did it. I yes. Like, there, but. This is how. Yeah, like I mean, he he literally he walks across the courtroom and he just drops a knife from waist level, and Ed, it's weird that that was allowed to be admitted as evidence because that's like, but also horrible, awful, horrible forensic evidence is admitted all the time. So, um, but yeah, no, there's just so many issues, and then so that's about her kids, right? Like that's about what happened to them. Because now, if we injured too, yeah. Yeah, and now if we look to her, um, the whole thing with her injuries is that they were self-inflicted and all that. And um, I know you mentioned earlier about how um, it was two millimeters from the... One of the wounds was two millimeters from the carotid artery. So if that was self-inflicted, wouldn't you have tried to inflict somewhere else, like, less likely to kill you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just interesting. And then, like, um, the evidence they use 
for there's like two things they use and both have problems with them so they say darley slit her throat at the kitchen sink um because there's no blood on the pillow where she said she was stabbed there's no blood there so she slit her throat while at the kitchen sink that's what they say right it's because of the no blood on the pillow but even that like i'm gonna pause you for a second here no like this woman was the sweetest mother ever like completely dedicated to her children yes like the epitome of a teddy bear like just the kind of person you want as a mother absolutely in order to slit your own throat yeah you have to be like pretty ballsy i would say some other level yeah 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 and i just i i can't imagine that for her like even you just talking about it even i'm like I could like my yeah. veins. I can feel it. I don't like no, no. That's a good point. That's a very good point because I feel you would have to be on some other level to just go up, especially if you're not trying to commit suicide, right? Like so, yeah, yeah. Um, really, really weird. Like everything is just insane about this case. Like, um, so yeah, so that they say like there's no blood on the pillow, so she obviously stabbed herself at the sink. It is so frustrating because literally people against Starly vehemently talk about the pillow. The pillow had no blood. It had no blood. Okay, you guys, I literally like 20 minutes before we recorded this, I Googled Darley. Um, okay, how would <laughs> How do you say your last name? She said it Routier before, but people also say Routier, and I'm like... So I say Routier, but that's also because, like, I have a background speaking you... French. Oh, right. Yeah, you do have a background in French. Okay. Um, I was gonna say, I I just... I, yeah, I don't know. I just... Well, I found what she called herself, and I was like, okay. <laughs> but basically, yeah. So I just Googled Darley pillow pictures, and um, the first image that comes up is her pillow with the case removed and there is blood on the pillow well literally the first result in researching this case i literally like i came across the crime scene photos where you could see the pillow on the couch with all the blood and you're like with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There was no blood on Are you like, by? How incompetent. And they also say that later about, like, a couch, too. Like, they're like, there was no blood on the couch. And there's, like, blood, like, dripping off the couch in pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So that speaks to the level of competence going on over there. But, yeah. So they say she must have slit her throat at the kitchen because no blood on the pillow. Really, you just Google Darley pillow pictures. The first result is the blood on her pillow. So that kicks that out. Another, yeah. Another thing they like to say though is that like uh, it's like a team. I'm like they me versus <laughs> me versus everyone against Starly. <laughs> um, yeah. So another thing is people will talk about how there was diluted blood in the sink. So she slit her throat at the sink, 
Then they talk about how this didn't match her story or something. So she starts washing the blood off herself. This is not why there was diluted blood in the sink. The diluted blood in the sink was from after Darlie had been cut and Darren, the dad, had come downstairs to start performing CPR on the boys because he was trained in CPR. Don't come for Darlie saying she didn't do CPR. She tried. The dad was trained in it. So when he got there, she backed off, right? So anyways, so the reason there was the blood in the sink is because she was running back and forth between the boys and Darren and the sink wetting towels to bring to Darren to do CPR, right? So she's wetting the towels. Obviously, the blood on her is going to get into the sink, right? And if you're wetting towels, you're putting water in the sink. So yeah, the blood in there is going to be diluted. Exactly. If you're bringing the towel out to put more water in it. Yeah, so that doesn't really prove that she slit her throat at the kitchen sink because she was also washing, like, not washing, but, like, wedding towels there, too, right, for CPR for her children. And then another thing that, like, I've seen on the internet is that, like, um, people will say that um, there was no, oh, what do they say? Okay, yeah, that she was not wedding towels to do CPR on Damon. They're like, she was not wetting towels to do CPR on Damon. So they try and debunk, like, why she wasn't slitting her throat in the sink, right? And they're essentially right in the sense that, no, Darlie was not wetting towels to give CPR Damon. She was wetting towels to give to Darren to do CPR on Damon. Like, they don't even have the facts straight. Like, they're like, Darlie wasn't doing CPR. And I'm like, you're right, because Darren, the one trained in CPR, was the one doing it. So it's like, if you're going to start to try and poke holes, like saying she's guilty, right? Like she's guilty. She's guilty. She didn't, she didn't wet the towels to do CPR on Damon. No, she didn't. She wet them to give to Darren. You know what I mean? Like they don't even know those facts. So it's like, you should probably know the case like pretty well before you start tearing it to shreds. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. So it's just. It's really interesting. So, yeah, just blood on the pillow and she was wetting towels in the sink. So it's like there she did she her throat was cut not by her and not at the kitchen sink. You know what I mean? And like you mentioned too the fact that like the cut on her neck was 2 millimeters from the carotid artery. Yeah. One thing I want to add about that is they also had to do emergency surgery the night Darlie came into the hospital for her injuries. So, like, if these injuries were so, quote-unquote, like, superficial, as the prosecution said, why did a licensed surgeon decide it was necessary to operate at that exact moment in time? And literally, if you, like, do enough research into this case, you can actually find the pictures. Oh, yeah. Of both surgery. Those are intense freaking stitches. Bad. They're bad. Like she, yeah, she has tons of stitches. She's bandaged up like all over her and stuff. Um, oh. What else? Yeah. Ooh. And then the hospital too was just horrible. Like, um, what was it? Like sedated, like super shook up and like seriously injured. She's trying to still like try and help the police with anything she can and like they go to just they start blaming her and it's like even like like I don't know she was just trying so hard to help them 
And like, I talk about that later too. Like Darren has said he feels really betrayed by like the Rowlett Police Department because like they like trusted the police and they wanted to help them. And then Darley ended up being convicted. Yeah. Just interesting. All of it is so interesting. So now that we've talked about this so-called damning, but like not actually damning at all, forensic science and stuff like that, there's a few other like just like like make you think points about the case um i wanted to tear apart um the arguments about the forensics first though because that's what they like in court the best so i thought i would start with those valid um okay so now we're gonna move on to my favorite piece this is like my obviously this is a terrible case but when i'm talking about this case my favorite thing to talk about is the sock the sock so the notorious sock like literally are we talking like like oj's glove level <laughs> yeah it might as well be like okay, the here we sock go. the sock is like yeah, OJ's glove. It's like the Achilles heel of the prosecution. The sock is like, oh man, I I love the sock. Anyways, okay. So there um there was this sock, this bloodied sock, uh, with Damon and Devin's blood on it, found 75 yards from the family home. And the prosecution claims it was planted by Darley, right? Okay. So first thing we'll talk about is the sock did not have Darley's blood on it. So, in order for the prosecution's story to be true, that Darley inflicted her own wounds and then staged the scene, the sock would have also had to have Darley's blood on it because she would have cut herself and then ran with the sock outside and planted it, right? The sock did not have Darley's blood on it. So that pokes a hole in the prosecution's right, uh, argument right there, right? Like, the sock just had Damon and Devin's blood on it if Darley cut herself and then ran with this sock outside to stage the crime scene the sock would also have her blood on it which it did not they did not but also the pavement would have her blood on it if she's yes yeah a trail there should be a running yeah there should be a trail and there was none right so it's so so there's no blood on the sock there's no trail from the house and Darley is supposed to be bleeding profusely at this point. So that suspicious. Then just a little. I like all time, like, like I love the sock, but there's like two pieces of evidence for the sock. Yeah. This is like my favorite thing. So, like the timeline of the sock. So the prosecution's expert, like the person on the side of the prosecution, said, um, um, Sorry, Damon could not have lived longer than nine minutes with his injuries. So this is what the prosecution said. So these people are against Starley. They're not trying to help her. And this ended up helping her. So, okay, yeah. So, um, oh my goodness. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so Damon would have only been able to survive for nine minutes. Damon was alive when the paramedics got there. So we know it had been less than nine minutes from when Damon was stabbed until when the paramedics got there, right? So Darley was on the phone with police for five minutes and 44 seconds, and the paramedics were held up by the police upon entering the family home for two minutes. So if you do all the math, 
in order for Darlie to have cut herself, planted the stock, stab her two boys, call 911, cut the screen to utility room, and run 75 yards outside to plant the sock, and then come back to the house to finish staging the scene, all of that would have had to been done in 75 seconds. All of it. Yeah. Wow. Like, are you kidding me? Like, so yeah, this sock is in the back alley, and they they said that Damon could not be alive for longer than nine minutes, and we have five minutes and 44 seconds on the phone, and two minutes of the paramedics getting held up. So that's seven minutes and 44 seconds used up, right? So she only has like a minute and 15 seconds to like literally cut herself, plant the stock. Like there's so many things she would have had to do. Stage the entire scene, break the wine glass, like all that stuff, stabbing the boys, killing herself, like staging the entrance and exit, like the utility room door route, like all of that would have had to been done in 75 seconds. Keep in mind, like the sock is 75 yards from the house. So, and just converted that's 68.58 meters yeah so that's a long way yes and then not only because people then might make the argument oh well she could still run that in 75 seconds but it's not just it wasn't just 75 seconds to plant the sock it's 75 seconds to plant the sock stab herself stab the boys have the 911 call cut the utility room screen um plant the sock, finish staging, and all of it. All of it would have had oh. been done. How does that work? Like, and the prosecution knows that this is bad, like, looks bad on them, because they have tried to put someone forward to, like, combat this contradiction of time, and every time they talk about it, they just dig themselves deeper. Like, they do not have a good reason for why this timeline is so screwed up essentially there's literally no way you could do that in that no, is she like usain bolt can't even run that fast and like he's the fastest man in the world so how is a housewife from texas doing it uh-huh it's just really yeah 70 75 seconds like remember that everyone like 75 seconds to do like seven things one of which is like running out of the house and coming back yeah is and then like what i find really interesting too is like in some cases of wrongful convictions you have like some of the members who like begin to believe that maybe this person did that mm-hmm. have anyone in darley's family who like thought that way oh that's actually very interesting you bring that up yeah because like um i have seen that happen where people in like wrongful conviction cases family even starts to get swayed in this case literally nobody nobody has ever nobody in darley's life has ever believed that she committed this crime like so specifically we'll talk about the immediate family darren and drake so darren was the dad and the husband and then drake was the little infant um they still till this day they're the remaining members besides darley and they still believe she's innocent and they still claim her innocence and they said they believed her and like they always believed her and it's just um Darren said something once and I was like that's really true you know like he said I know Darley better than anyone and I believe her and when I think about my significant other he he does know me better than anyone else and if I told him 
something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like your significant other knows you, especially when they were married for so long and had a family together. Like your husband, I think her husband would know. It's, do you know what I mean? Like you would look your spouse in the eyes, probably be like, something's wrong here, you know? Like you listen to true crime cases and like in cases where one parent killed their kids, like there is a moment where the other spouse is like, holy shit, I think you could have. Yes. And there is, there is seeds of doubt you know and it's just totally. it's not here no it's not and it's just it's yeah it's really interesting because like um they it, it is not here at all like even darley's mom like all of them they all the neighborhood kids like the neighbors like the adult neighbors they all believe she's innocent some people i bring up the fact that like darley and darren got divorced but they only divorced in 2011, so like, and after the murder of their two sons and Darley being convicted and in jail, their marriage still lasted for 15 years after that. How many marriages are going to last through that, right? Okay. So they got divorced and Darren said it was a very difficult decision for both of them, but it was mutual and they really say it was just because Darley being kept in prison was really hard on the marriage and it's hard to bridge that distance and... Basically, um, this was kind of like a last hope to try and move for both of them to move on and like yeah. try and find happiness because it's also a constant reminder of a tragedy, right? Yeah. But Darren even says you have to separate the tragedy from the marriage. And despite getting a divorce, he still claims like it doesn't change the fact we believe what we believe and Darley is innocent. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and then the son, Drake, he um, he believes Darley's innocent, too. He visits her regularly in prison. Like, those were his brothers, right? If you thought your mom murdered these people, you probably wouldn't be visiting her. Like, I know you love your family, but for me, that's my breaking point. Even if it was a family, if a family member killed another family member, I would not be visiting them. You know what I mean? Right? So, it's just, it's very interesting. And then, this is when... Um, interview after they got divorced in 2011 Darren does an interview to explain about it and stuff and that's when he actually talks about like me and Darley were so open with the Rowlett police because we had nothing to hide and um he felt betrayed because he just gave them everything and they were both trying so hard and they turned around and pinned it all on Darley which is horrible um I think like holding the divorce against them is like something to say Oh, she's guilty. They got divorced. It's like, no, no. Madison was in jail. Like, yes. I'm sorry. I, you, unless your partner is in jail and you've you're married, you can't access that person. You don't. Yeah. You expect the person you marry to be your comfort. Yes, you absolutely. know, let that other half of you. And if you can't have proper access to that person when you need them most, yeah. You know that's it. Can't it can't have been good for either Darley or Darren in that case like they weren't able to have each other at all times you know yeah you said it perfectly you know what literally Darley's mom was talking to the interviewers and she just essentially said what you said so you like nailed it right on the head like because how and another thing too is Darren hasn't remarried since so it's like it's not that like 
they didn't love each other and like he's like you're a murderer they always loved each other and they still love each other it's honestly kind of sad though like the woman he loves he can't be with because she is being held on death row like for for no reason essentially right it's really sad um but uh like grading it up a bit darren says something really good and i think we should all like this should resonate with all of us and we should hold it he says it's not too late because darley's not dead and i think he's right we can still the state can they've made a horrible wrong but they can still try their best to correct it in the ways that they can because she's not dead it's not too late she's still claiming her innocence still so and then everyone else there's other people now too she's claiming her innocence me and you are claiming her innocence like so many people so her innocence until the day i die i think yes right absolutely and um yeah so just all the family and the neighbors like they all never because you know sometimes with murders like they'll be like oh i knew something was weird about that one like i knew that was gonna happen you know like there's been nothing it's all been like whoa what are the nintendo house mom you're like really like no i read i read an article that said like the little neighborhood kids who used to come and play at her house actually put signs on on the porch of the house during the trial saying Mm. not this woman she's innocent free darley like so sad and i would like to say i think that kids are pretty pretty good judges of character honestly just because they're so honest and they have no filter or social cues so that or bias that was just completely unfiltered raw like this woman is innocent 100 percent oh yeah for me okay well uh the thing i kind of i hate bringing it up but i do think that it's important to mention um the reason i hate bringing it up is because it's about darren and he's been like a good uh pretty pretty good through all the trials and stuff right but I do just want to, I am here to poke holes and cause doubt in people's thoughts of Darley being guilty, right? So I am here to cause doubt, and this definitely causes doubt. Basically, um, Darren, people people like to say that Darley killed the boys for, like, life insurance money because um, she was, they were taking away all the money from her lavish lifestyle, so she wanted to kill them so she could get money for it. But so they were claiming she was going to do insurance fraud, right? The thing is, is like, out of Darley and Darren, the only one who ever mentioned insurance fraud ever, like, and was, like, documented doing so was Darren. He discussed, like, months before the murder happened, he discussed staging a home burglary insurance scam with Darley's stepdad and possibly a few others, like, uh, reputable, like, car thieves and stuff like that. So he is openly discussing an insurance scam with people and then when starley was convicted he he never told anybody this this didn't come out until years later like so i say darren has been mostly good through this because i think he would probably yeah i don't know it's a little suspicious he didn't mention it to anybody but um yeah so he was talking about staging an insurance scam right so out of darren and darley the only one who talked about doing anything with insurance for money was darren not saying like that he obviously didn't do anything right but like just talking about it darley didn't and then um 
Yeah, so she was never the one talking about it. And another, like, side note is the funeral costs were more than the life insurance for both boys combined. So why would Darlie kill her boys for insurance money just to blow all that money and more on their funerals? It's just, it seems very not, not correct. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not adding up. No, none of it. It's, yeah, it's just interesting. So I like to bring that up because people, that's a big thing people harp on that like, it was all about the money. She wanted the money. And so she did a life insurance scam, fraud, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, like there were other, like other people were talking about insurance stuff too. And they weren't being like looked at as intensely as Darlie. So it's just suspicious. We're not saying they should be looked at. No, definitely not. This is something that happened. Yeah. And it's interesting that it... (laughs) Yes, for disclaimer purposes, nobody, nobody, nothing we're saying is, no, we're just chatting. I just think it's it's not proof of anything. It's nothing like that. It's just something to think about. Just poke a hole in the this idea that Darlie is so guilty, right? Like, um, um, your next point is actually something like we really, really talked about in the main episode. And- in yeah. The episode. Um, yeah. It's just yeah, you guys, you guys nailed it. Just there was a lot of cross contamination and incompetence in this case. Unfortunately, like um, we mentioned earlier, how they were like, "There's no blood on the couch," when there was like tons of blood on the couch. So that's like just not like trying your best. And then like um, numerous towels and articles of clothing like being shoved into just a few bags, like when all should all items should have been bagged separately and stuff. Like the list goes on, right? So my question I always want to ask is, like, would you want to be put on death row based on cross-contaminated and poorly collected evidence? Because that's what Darlie's doing, right? Really? And then it also pulls into question more what we were talking about earlier with the blood on the knife. If all the other evidence is cross-contaminated, how can we take the blood evidence from the knife or any other blood evidence they talked about in the trial? Yeah. Completely you know completely infallible like awesome evidence yeah it's it's hard yeah and that's the thing right like and ah, the justice system is just so slow going and it just sucks because darlie has been like asking for people to relook at her case for so long and i really do feel like pardon me if they did they would see a lot of things because i i took a look at this case with some fresh eyes and I saw a lot of things that I never saw right so and um yeah and then another thing to do that I'll just add there was there's so much to this case but like um basically the professionals the so-called like professionals media and public they decided Darlie was guilty before she even entered the courtroom essentially just based on her gender and sexuality and like yeah she was just unjustifiably the police main suspect within 20 minutes of them entering the door to her house right and they based it all on the fact that she like there were sex toys diet pills she was a sexed up fake blonde with massive boobs when really she was just this nintendo party having cookie baking gentle and loving mom like who the neighborhood kids and her family and friends all screamed her innocence for just to fall on deaf ears we gotta gotta keep talking about it (laughs) thank you so much Mikael
Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you want to learn more about Wrongful Convictions, you can follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Convictions Collective, as well as A Whole Life Later podcast. If you are so inclined, you could also leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, and we'd really appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.